Welcome to another episode of the Naturally Build podcast. I'm your host, Pablo Cortez. Uh, today, I'll be talking with City of Los Angeles Streets LA Landscape Architecture Associate, Jennifer Garcia. Uh, Jennifer and I went through the program at Cal Poly together for landscape architecture and uh, gra- completed the program together. Um, Jennifer has also worked with a couple of uh, firms in the private sector and has now moved on to public service work. Um, Jennifer, how are you? Good, thank you. It's actually Torres now. Oh, that's right. Torres. Yeah. Jennifer Torres. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, I've always always known you as Jenga. Jenga. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Torres. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Jennifer, so uh, I I reached out to you to um, come on and talk about your experience working with Streets LA because um, I know your role kind of changed a good mm-hmm. amount from when you started and then once COVID started to happen. Um, can you kind of maybe talk about what your initial um, sort of duties were and how that changed uh, yeah. once COVID hit? So my position as landscape architectural associate requires me to oversee design and build projects that are funded through grants. So that oversight can be anywhere from initiating grants, design, construction, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, There's also a lot of coordination between other bureaus, other departments, and even within my own bureau that needs to happen. Um, For example, with the urban forestry or the financial uh, management division, you know, to talk about budgets and that sort of stuff. But for example, let's say that you're managing three projects and one of them is in construction and two of them are in design, like I have right now. So your typical workday would start out like most everybody checking your email. um, And then in my case, getting ready to go out into the field to perform uh, construction observation. Then once I go out to the field, um, I check them with the construction manager um, or the construction supervisor, and I check on the previous um, previous day's work, what needs to be done. I answer any questions that they have, any clarifications on the plans or you know on the actual um, construction site itself, that sort of stuff. Then you know you get back to the office from the site visit, get back to your emails, and then you go back into your design projects. You know whatever that is, whether it's community outreach, doing research or you know, coordinating with other um, civil engineers. The nice thing about um, working for the design build division in Streets LA is that there is a landscape architect and a civil engineer assigned to every project. So we're constantly coordinating, we're always communicating with each other, making sure that um, everything is buildable, that, um, that there's no um, problems really. Uh, I know it sounds like, well, you know, you can always coordinate with civil engineers, but I could just walk over to someone's desk really easily and it it gets done, you know, much faster, I think. And then you can, you can pull out plans, whatever you need to. It's, it's really nice to have that support there from each other. Um, But, you know, that's sort of kind of like a a so-called typical day, even though there's really not a typical day. When did you, You when did you, sorry, sorry to interrupt. When did you start with the, with the street teller? I started in October of 2017. 2017, okay. Yeah, so almost three years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then uh, 2019 changed a little bit for you. 
as far as work. Uh, 2020. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it changed a little bit. Um, mainly my setting changed, right? So I basically get to do the same things I did before, except for now I'm doing it all from my home office. And all of those uh, coordination meetings that I would normally walk over to someone's desk, I'm having to set up, you know, Google Meet meetings or Zoom meetings, whatever that, you know, it's a little more challenging. Um, a lot of us weren't really used to doing that kind of stuff. We're having to, you know, share our screens to review plans. It's like, where's your mouse? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, we're, we're getting through it. You know, we're all adapting, which I think is an important quality to have just in life in general, because life is constantly changing. So this is another one of those good examples where everyone had to sort of adapt to the new normal, right? So the biggest difference now is that <clears throat> my coworkers, my husband and my dogs, and um, I, I don't have that human uh, interaction with my coworkers, which I actually quite miss. You know, I, I really do like working from home and having the option of being safe. And, you know, I really do appreciate that because I've, I've heard of other, um, other employers not giving their employees that option. So I, I really do appreciate that we all um, have the opportunity to telecommute. But I do, I do miss, um, I do miss going into work. I do miss being able to leave work and leave work at the office. You know, I, I so we sort of do that here. You know, like I said, we have a, a dedicated room that's our, like our office for me and my husband. So it's nice to like, when we leave this room, we're done with work. But a lot of people don't have that luxury. You know, they, they have to work out of their kitchens or in their living rooms or something like that. So um, we've been lucky in that regard. But yeah, I do, I do miss uh, my coworkers. Um, I think I've, I miss, you know, going out to get coffee with them or going on walks with them. Yeah. Or are like, you still, are you still going out in the field? Like, are you still doing that portion of the work? I am. Yeah, I, I am. So now I just, you know, I leave from home and then I come home. So um, that part hasn't changed per se. I just, I just, you know, leave from home and then come back home over here. But there, you know, there is, of course, safety measures in place that we have to be mindful of. Yeah. What uh, you had mentioned that part of your new role was um, going out to, was it just, uh, I think, businesses that weren't complying with some of the orders? Yeah, so what that is, it's uh, it's called um, disaster service worker. Um, as a city employee, we're all basically required to perform some of this disaster service work in the event of, you know, uh, an emergency or a disaster. And I think for most of us, we all thought that this would happen in the form of an earthquake or something like that, you know, not a pandemic. So um, that um, there's several different assignments that that can um, take place. The one that I was assigned to was going to, and this was early on in the quarantine, it was uh, going from business to business or, or looking for businesses that are non-essential, that were not complying with the um, quarantine order. So any non-essential business, like someone who was selling clothing or basically anyone not selling food or 
um, or providing uh, some sort of service like telecommunication, that kind of stuff. Um, it, it was it was kind of tough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, there were a couple of business owners that I went and I had to ask to shut down, and they you know they were upset, of course, and they said like, hey, you know, it's easy for you to tell me to close. You're still working. What am I gonna do? How am I gonna feed my family? And so that that was tough. That that kind of weighed on me. I, I didn't really like the feeling. So I'm glad that I didn't have to do that for very long because I don't know um, that I would have been able to deal with, you know, that sort of guilt, you know. But yeah, and then there's other um there's other ways that you could help with that same task. Um, for example, they're doing contact tracing right now. They're also doing like meals on wheels or um there's work that gets done at the homeless shelters, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it, it's a wide range of uh, tasks. Did you, maybe we can backtrack a little bit. Do you, yeah. you had, I remember out of school, you started working with some of the uh, uh, firms. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you had a couple of, 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 of jobs with firms and then you moved into, what, what, what led to your decision to move into uh, like the private or uh, public uh, service? Well, really, it was the security or the job stability. I think most of us um, start working in the private sector and we sort of have this negative perception of working in the public sector. I initially was kind of hesitant. One of my good friends kept you know, encouraging me to apply for the city and she kept saying it and it kept saying it. And finally, I decided to um, look into it. And um, the reason that I did that is because so several reasons. One was that where I was at my current job, even though I was really happy there, I got along with my boss really well, I liked the work I was doing, um, there was really no room for growth for me there, um, other than just like getting braces or going out and starting my own firm, which is not something I was interested in at the time or right now. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that plus I started thinking about um, you know, when we, you and I both graduated, we graduated right at the start of the recession. And I was lucky enough to not be laid off. Um, other than like one week, I didn't have a job, but then they called me back. Um, but that was very stressful. Uh, it was almost more stressful than not having a job because every, every week I was just thinking, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Am I going to go now? You know, it was like being on Survivor. So you know, I started thinking about that and I started thinking about like, you know, where do I want to go with my career? And so I decided to look into what the city had to offer. And, you know, I discovered that there's more, um, there's more opportunities for growth and there's a lot of um, different places that you could um, work as a landscape architect. You know, you can work for Parks and Rec, Streets LA, Bureau of Engineering. Like, there's a lot of different things that you can do, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of potential for growth. And for me, that's that's sort of um, like the motivation that I need. It's like I I I like to be looking for that next place to move to. I don't I don't like to just kind of be like, okay, well here I am, <laughs> and that's it. And so, and that's kind of where I was before. Like I was there, that was it. And I really wanted to 
I really did, wanted to have more of a like some sort of motivation, like a, something to drive me forward. You know what I mean? Do you think? It, like I, I think I, I mentioned this in, a, in another, another episode of the podcast. Um, like as far as the public service sector type of work, mm -hmm. you know, in school we knew we learned about it, but it wasn't at least not for me. It wasn't emphasized, right? There wasn't a whole lot of no. of uh, of um, you know talk about going into uh, pr uh, public service right out of school. Um, right. Do you think? Would you? Do you think that's a good idea to have more of that? conversation at the you know in school while you're going through the process because like I said it's it's there's a whole lot of different options for in public service um right really really I mean I'm just now getting to know that stuff right I, I, there's no other way that I would have ever learned if I had to start talking to people and and seeing what's out there um because in school there's <laughs> this just not talked about right as, uh, at that no. level. yeah right and that's kind of how I learned about it was through other um colleagues that went to work for public sector because I think for most of us we we started out working for a private firm right and so there was really no no knowledge no awareness of what potential jobs you could have for the public sector so yeah I think that I think that it's important because it gives it gives um potential you know or new graduates, it gives new graduates more options, right? What's what's best for you may not be what's best for me. You might want to say like, well, you know what, the public sector's not for me. I would prefer to work in the private firm because I found a firm that does just this type of work or just you know whatever it is. And I think it's good to have options. And I think that yeah, I think that that's probably something that should be talked about a little bit more. There are. There are benefits and uh, that to working at each one, private versus public, and what what works for me may not work for someone else, and it's good to have the option there so that someone can make that decision for themselves. Do you have any uh, favorite projects that you've been involved with, or maybe they're ongoing, or something that you're looking forward to working on? Yeah, actually, one of my favorite projects is actually one that never got built. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was a project that was funded through the redevelopment agency and then the redevelopment agency got disbanded. So all the funding was lost right when we started construction documents. But um, the reason that this is one of my favorite projects is there's several reasons. One is it's a park that's located in my hometown. And so I kind of have like a bias there. <laughs> uh, my cousin, who's an urban planner and was working for a civil engineering firm at the time, recommended my firm uh, to be the landscape architect. This was when I was working in the private sector. Um, but the reason I really like that project is because there was a lot of challenges involved in working with that, like from having a, a super, super small budget and wanting like everything but the kitchen sink in there um, and then that was one of the projects where I led one of my first community meetings by myself and that really taught me the importance of being prepared and really truly knowing your project intimately because the amount of questions and like you know you know how community meetings go but like just after that meeting, I I walked out of there thinking like, thank God I was prepared, because if not, I mean they would have just 
they would have butchered me. Yeah. They're looking to you for all the answers, right? Because you're there as a- Right, (laughs) right. And and I, I can honestly say that I did have them and I surprised myself. Um, but I, I was very, uh, it made me feel good that I, I didn't get caught off guard. And so that, that was, that was a good learning experience for me. And also, um, it was a way for me to prove myself to my principal at the time who went with me and who kind of, I think, wasn't sure of my abilities. So I was able to prove to him like, Hey, you know, I can do this. I can do that. And that in turn led to a promotion for me. So, um, you know, that, that's another reason why it's one of my favorite projects. But um, yeah, I think that most of all, I, I think I proved to myself that I could do the work on my own because I think that I, uh, I often have fear that I'm, I'm not doing things go- you know, good enough, that I'm not um, you know, performing up to par. And so that was one of the projects that really just gave me confidence to you know, go into project management, which I was afraid to do before. So yeah, that, that, that's the reason that that project is my favorite, just because I feel like I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the, you know, my, my job from that project. The city of uh, Los Angeles does these, uh, they have a lot of training that they offer. Um, and one of them is called uh, the Women at Work series. So this Women at Work series, they, um, it's done to encourage women um, to help them uh, succeed, to give them sort of like um, training, that, that sort of stuff. But anyway, so the reason I was uh, saying this is the last one that I uh, participated in, they, uh, they were talking about how to overcome like fears that you have. And one of the speakers talked about this thing called the imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically it is, it's the feeling of, uh, I have my notes here, the feeling of not being good enough or self-doubting one's accomplishments, right? And she said that this is more prominent amongst women. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, hey, that's me. Cause I often feel like that. Um, but then they talked about ways to overcome this. You know, they, they talked about um, not being comfortable. They said, you, you wanna be in a place where you're always a little bit out of your comfort zone. You don't wanna be complacent and you wanna go out there and, and ask for something. If you wanna do, if, if you think that you can do something or you wanna learn to do something, ask for it. Don't be, um, don't be afraid, first of all and don't be complacent. I think that um, Cal Poly's uh, motto, bravely curious, uh, that's, a, that's like a perfect, it, it's perfect, it's a perfect motto because you do have to be brave, first of all, and you have to be curious. Um, and that's how you're going to learn. You're gonna get ahead, you're gonna get to the next step in your career. So I, I just wanted to point that out. And I think it's especially important for women because I think we often feel like it's it's a man's world and and i i just want to encourage everyone to not be afraid to do something is that is that a program that's open to is it for uh city employees is it open yeah. to okay okay so it's anybody for city employees. Gotcha. 
so anybody working with the city of LA can look it up and, and attend. Is it like a once a month type of thing, or is it a like a seminar, or how, how um, is it presented? I think it's a quarterly seminar. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. That's women in the workforce. Women it's called Women at Work. Women at Work. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But maybe I'll include that in the show notes, like like a link to uh, to that. Um, along with actually, uh, if you want to share any uh, contact information that people can, if they have any questions that they can, are they able to get a hold of you through, I don't know how you have a way for them to contact you? Yeah, through my email. It's okay. uh, jennifer.torres at lacity.org. Okay, cool. And we'll include that as well. Um, Jennifer, thank you for taking the time to uh, hang out. I know we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties <laughs> with the yeah, family no barging in, but um, yeah, no, it's good to see you. This was fun. Um, I, I, you know, we don't get to hang out and talk with a whole lot with everybody that we've, you know, went to school with. And, and so it's nice that we're able to do this at least and <laughs> have some kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's great that you're doing this. I, I think it's, it's very Thanks. cool. I like it. And I, I've been listening to some of your other guests before. Yeah. And I, I think you have a good diversity of uh, people and it's a good way to represent all the different ways that you can work in landscape architecture yeah yeah very absolutely. cool so i commend yeah. you for that thank you thanks jen thank you for having me <laughs> thanks. yeah yeah hey is there anything that you've been doing uh watching reading anything that you want to share with the uh, people listening that they might enjoy um yeah i've been getting into organizing my home a lot <laughs> and cooking so my YouTube history is all like, how do you, you know, the 10 best hacks to organize your closet and the 10 best hacks to organize your kitchen. So I've, um, I've redone my pantry, my spice cabinet, my closet. Yeah. And then I've also been getting into cooking. Um, the two channels that I really like, one of them is called Cocina Jauja and the other one's uh, Claudia Regalado. And they're both uh, mostly Mexican dishes. Yeah. And I really like those because I want to, I want to make sure that I don't lose a lot of those traditional Mexican dishes sure. yeah, yeah. that I can, I can learn them and pass them on because I call my mom, but you know how Mexican moms are. <laughs> they don't measure anything. They tell you just a pinch of that, a pinch yeah. of this. And when you ask them for measurements, they're like, I don't know me how to figure it out. <laughs> So um, yeah. the videos are very helpful, but I also have my mom on speed dial for that. Nice. nice. Have you, is there anything that you cooked that you that you've uh, that you liked recently? That you were. Yes, which is not a Mexican dish. I uh, I bought uh, a paella, so I've been okay. making paella like every two weeks on oh, Sunday. Man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing seafood? And what are you what are you mostly using? Um. So I've tried the seafood one once that came out good, but I really, really like the uh, chicken and chorizo one. Oh, nice. That that one's like gonna, really good. I'm going to have to head over there on a, on a Sunday and <laughs> try some of that. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. To, you're learning something new. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Awesome. Cool. Um, all right. Well, Jen, I think we're, I think we've covered quite a bit. Thanks again. Um, thank you and again we'll share your contact information maybe a link to some of those uh, YouTube videos or for people to, uh, to check out um, yeah yeah thanks again um, yeah like I said this was fun and we'll uh, hopefully we can you know see hang out it soon and, and you know be around people <laughs> at some point with everybody else we get together yeah yeah all right Jen well have a good day we'll, we'll, we'll thank we'll, you we'll talk soon okay talk okay soon. <laughs> bye bye
As always, our intro and outro music is written and produced by our good friend, Robert Wood. Links to new episodes of the Naturally Built podcast will be on our Instagram page. You can subscribe on iTunes as well as Podbean or grab the RSS feed from the Podbean page for your favorite podcast listening app. Thank you again for listening and go out and build something. Mm -hmm.